There are so many stories in our church of hope, forgiveness, and God moving in people's lives. I created this podcast to tell those stories, and I can't wait. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode two of the series, Getting to Know Your Church. Uh, tonight we're with our associate pastor, Brandon Farron. Say hi, Brandon. Hi, guys. Um, we're excited to be able to interview Brandon. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Brandon is actually a, I don't know, what I, I, I'm your assistant, I guess I would say, <laughs> but we, we both teach the uh, discipleship class, and we just wanted to... Uh, be able to talk to Brandon and kind of get his feel for STBC and not only that, get his story before STBC and kind of what led him here and what led him to pastoring and what led him to preaching in general. Um, but Brandon, if you don't care, man, take us back to before STBC. Give us a little bit of insight of your life. Sure. Uh, so I was born in East Tennessee. I grew up here um, I was raised in church. Um, my parents were divorced at an early age for me. Um, both sets of parents raised me in church. Um, my mother and stepfather uh, were Free Will Baptist, so that's a little bit of that background. Uh, my dad and stepmother were Independent Baptist. They, uh, so I was kind of raised in two different church settings. Um, so most of my life, I was the typical church kid. Um, I was saved at an early age at Buffalo Ridge Baptist Church in Bible school. Um, and as is the case typically, I strayed a bit in high school. And during that time, my mother and stepfather changed churches. Um, we started attending River of Life. And that was mainly during my high school year. Um, and during that time, it was... I don't want to say I, I was far from God. Um, I was in church constantly, but at the same time, I felt far from God. I believe with everything in me, I was saved, but just on a different path. Um, fast forward to college, um, I started going to church on my own. I went to Grace Fellowship for one year at ETSU. Uh, my sophomore year, I, I basically quit church and then moved. I moved to Los Angeles, California. For those that don't know me, my dream was to write movies, and L.A. is where that had to happen. I lived there for, I honestly lost count. I don't know, I don't know how <laughs> long time frame. It was two to four years, somewhere in that range, I, probably closer to four. Yeah, there's not many people in East Tennessee that have lived in L.A. No, no, I know. It's, a, <laughs> it's it, different. It's, it is different. Um, most of the stereotypes are true from Californians. Um, I learned a lot there um, about who I was, not necessarily as a Christian, but just who I was as a, as a person. Um, I wrote some movies. Obviously, they never were made, but I wrote some scripts. And as one thing led to another, I moved back here. Um, and coming back here, reconnected with friends and, and family and began going back to church, um, back to River of Life, which was my home church before I left. And in that, um, I met Alicia, again, my wife. We were married shortly thereafter. 
And as, as it would work out, Alicia was partly over the children's church at River of Life or was definitely connected to it. And by default, that connected me. Um, as God really, I guess, burdened Pastor Ansel's heart to, to plant a church, um, Alicia and I followed in that sense with prayer and obviously consideration we oh, yeah. we followed Absolutely. and then strong tower was planted and that's kind of how we or i landed here yeah i always thought it was a very interesting fact about you about the whole la thing and about writing scripts and anybody that hasn't been around brandon that hasn't like read stuff that he has wrote brandon is a very talented writer he actually done uh the kamikaze drama that we done I don't even remember what year that was, probably 2015, 2014. No, it was, it was 2014, I 2014. think. 2014. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it, it was a it was a very good drama, very well-written drama, and we are planning, hopefully, to have that back sometime, redo it here and on this campus. Um, and that it's just, that's just a very interesting part of your story. You know, the whole, like I said, there's not sure. many people that's, it, most people from Tennessee has never even been to LA, much less, you know, you know oh, live yeah. there. It's, uh, it, that, that part of it, um, I, I've determined that the people here and the people there are the same. We're all, we're all people. Everybody's just got their own stories, but mm-hmm. the unique thing about the, the martyr drama that, that I did, um, I never thought in a million years when I was in California that <laughs> be writing a church play. I'd be writing a church play, um, <laughs> and that people would come to it. It, oh, it yeah. was just—it's funny how I guess God and all of it works it out that He's going to use something that I enjoyed to do something that would reach people. Um, so it was kind of—it was really cool to see. Um, I know you are—I I, guess—I I don't like using that term, but you were one of the founding members of uh, STBC. You were there for the first first meeting, you and your wife. And uh, sitting in that meeting, like, try, I'm, I guess I'm going to try to take you back to that point. I mean, sitting in that meeting, and you know what, you know what was all talked about and discussed. Was there any way in your head that you thought it was going to be what it is now, 10 years later? Uh, no. Not, and not to just to give a short answer, but really, no. That was the first time I'd been involved in planning a church. Um, you know, it's it's Pastor Ansel's vision, but as a, one of the founding families of it, um, I was immediately, I don't want to say thrown. I, it was, we prayed about it, but placed into ministry. You know, I became over Children's Church with my wife, and it, just seeing that small group of people, um, leaving River of Life, which is a much larger church. Um, and through my childhood, I've been part of much bigger churches. Seeing 10 or 15 people, I thought that was, we're going to be a 30 or 40 person church and be okay. close. And I, I would have never dreamed that we would be where we're at now. Um, so yeah, it's, I would never have planned that. Never expected <laughs> that. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I, I actually wasn't there for the first meeting. I actually came on board probably about a week after that, right. I, I would say somewhere around there. Right. But, um, it, it, it brings like doing these interviews with you and with Ansel, like it brings so many memories back. Like me and Ansel was talking last week. It was like, once we got done, we were like, wow, like I've completely forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. And it's just, it's amazing to look back at that and to see us, you know, sitting in the, like we were talking about sitting in Ansel's house, you know, talking about right. simple yeah. things like, you know, literally trying to figure out where we're going to get chairs you know that that, 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 that was a big question like where are we going to get chairs where are we going to get this 
you know, and now we, we've seen hundreds of people saved, hundreds of people baptized. We've seen ministries go through the roof. We have prison ministries. We have, we're building a church in the Philippines. Right. Like, it's just, it's amazing to see, you know, we went from talking about picking up chairs from another church to borrow. Sure, to sure. Now we're sending ch- chairs. We're at literally, we bought chairs not too long ago for right. a right. church in the Philippines. It's it's funny the, the the question that you brought up in that one of the initial meetings is where are we going to get chairs? <laughs> and you know, for twenty or thirty people, it wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal, but it wasn't a super huge cost. Oh no! But now, ten years later, we look at our church today, going, where are we going to get chairs for these people? It's the same problem. <laughs> exactly. It's just on a bigger scale. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, well, when we bit when we built this building, we built this campus. That was one of the things we had to have a fundraiser. Everybody buy your own chair because right. literally, pay for your chairs. That's right. Yeah, we were you know we were strapped for cash then, but right. it's it's just amazing to see where God has brought the church, but not just the church where God has brought you. Like I look at you now, like then, I man, you know, watching you grow from there, you know, and when did you actually announce your call to preach? Um, <laughs> that's a that's a funny question, and I'll, <laughs> I'll explain. I'll just kind of take you to through that process. Okay. Um, so I guess it would have been about 2012, um, in the fall, fall to winter time of that year. Um, I, I, I began what I, having what I thought was health problems. Um, I, I was having extreme chest pain, um, on the left side. And I know the, that's the stereotype, man, you're having a heart attack, you're out of yeah. shape, you're, you're this, you're that, you're the other. And it would go straight through my chest and my shoulder blades. And I mean, it's, you know, the telltale sign, but it, it, it would stay. Um, I know that's a weird thing to say. Um, and when I say it stayed, I'm talking for weeks. So obviously it wasn't a heart attack cause it's, it's, but it was a, it was a really big issue to me. And in the middle of all that, you know, I'm young, I've got a young son at the time and uh, for for, to, for kind of to shorten the story, I guess would be about three or four months into that same scenario. Um, I was working, I was at work, same kind of chest pains, and again, this time shortness of breath. Obviously, in my mind, I'm I'm getting ready to go, and went to the hospital, nothing. So in all of that, uh, kind of getting you to this point, um, I'm thinking I'm having health issues, and I'm not. Well, I'm starting to panic I guess if you want to call it that um, and nobody knew I wouldn't tell my wife I wouldn't tell my parents I wouldn't tell anybody I wouldn't tell anybody here um, and I was losing sleep uh, to the point where I was sleeping an hour a day maybe and finally um, and I don't know the particular time sometime in 2013 I opened up to Alicia and say look I'm I'm panicking what if I die this you know we've got this and we've got that and she encourages me to start reading scripture to kind of deal with the panic before you go to bed. Um, so I did. And this, this is not a boastful statement, but to tell you the state of my sleep, I read the entire New Testament in a week. Um, <laughs> and then the entire Old Testament followed it in like two weeks. And it, it was just, there was a battle going on in my mind that I wasn't prepared for. And in all of that, I'm praying and I'm praying and reading scripture and just, God, what do you want me to do? What's going on? What are you, are you trying to tell me something? And I don't know the night. I can't tell you what it was, but it was almost, it wasn't audible, but 
I, I'm reading it. It came out of my mouth. It wasn't out of God's mouth. I said, I'm supposed to preach. And it was all gone. <laughs> and I know that sounds really crazy. Like there was no medical issue underlying anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was all gone. So fast forward the process. I was I'm talking to people, some friends of Pastor Ansel. Um, and I didn't want to preach. I, I, I use this as part of my testimony now. Um, I, I didn't want to preach. I wasn't a preacher. I was, and Pastor Ansel will, will still tell you this. I begged him to tell me I was wrong. <laughs> uh, obviously he didn't. Yeah. Um, that's not his place. Uh, he gave me some advice that I still remember and still hold on to this day was keep praying, keep reading your Bible, um, change everything, change the music you listen to, you know, just focus, keep your, keep your ministry that you're involved in and stick to that, but keep praying about it. And I think at that point in the spring of 2013, I knew I was called to preach, but nobody else did. So it would have probably been August of the same year, August of 2013, um, at the Gray Ruritan, mm -hmm. um, I went to him before the service and I said, I'm ready. I'm ready to tell people. And that was when I formally announced it. Um, I'd been teaching in front of the congregation before then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I think Ansel knew he just didn't hear it from my mouth. Yeah. Um, and to, you kind of touched it with the question, man, it's amazing to me where God has brought me um, from, you know, from the guy in college that wants to write movies that has really had quit church um, to being involved with all the kids at Strong Tower for years, and then now as the associate pastor, it's it's amazing to me because I know me, um, and I know he changed my desire. Um, my desire wasn't to preach, and now I can't imagine doing anything else. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what what led me to my call to preach. Okay. Um, to, to pastor was a different thing. <laughs> and any pastor will tell you that there's a huge difference in preaching and pastoring. And some of that I, I learned on the fly. I know that that's a, a weird thing because I got to preach for years. Um, so I announced my call in 2013 and was, I preached here in River of Life and some other churches and, and it was great. I mean, I was doing what God called me to do and I, you know, God had changed my life and my family's life and we're, we're in, a, in great shape. And uh, I guess it would have been 2016 where I think the whole uh, goal shifted to where I, I started developing a burden for people. Uh, obviously still preaching, but developing a burden to help people spiritually. And, you know, I... I had gone to a church to, to preach and had talked with Pastor Ansel. And, um, and honestly, it's a God thing. One thing led to another. And then I guess it would have been the winter of 2017, January, February, somewhere in that range. Um, he'd asked me what I thought about coming on as associate pastor in a part-time role. And I thought, yeah, that's <laughs> it, it did two things. It, it allowed me to step into a pastor role under a pastor to kind oh, of yeah. learn in a church that I was a part of and loved and I cared about the people already. Um, so that's kind of what brought me to the associate pastor role in, in that sense. 
Um, and that was, again, now three years ago, a little over three years ago. Uh, and God, in his ways that uh, still it just amazes me in talking about it, almost a little less than two years later, the opportunity was presented that I could do it for a living. And it, it blows my, I mean, it just baffles me now talking to you. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't know that I have words to describe that. Oh, yeah. um, that was a process that um, it, it was huge for our church. Um, not in the sense of bringing me on, but in the sense of bringing another pastor on full time oh, yeah. to to serve. In the sense of, I di- I didn't see it part time. I didn't see the need part time in the sense that it was imminent. And then uh, coming on full time, you you get to see a lot of things that a lot of people don't know. You get to yeah. you get to to kind of make it a, a blanket statement. You get to share in the hurt. You get yeah. the, you get to celebrate the victories with people. Well, um, it, it, well, it's just like I told I I talked to Ansel last time about it. Um, pastors don't get enough credit, you know. And I, I I told Ansel last time I said, I know you don't give yourself credit, you know, and I wouldn't expect you to, but you you guys do so much. I see it a little bit more because I, I, I'm I'm involved in a lot of different things in the church, so I you know I see where you all work, but I see y'all work. I come in and visit y'all sometimes when I'm on lunch, right, and right. y'all are always working. I mean, you're you're always doing something. You're always trying to get our missions going and good. I mean, you've been essential in our Philippines ministry, and it's just been amazing to watch you and Ansel be able to work together, but at the same time do something completely different Right, right. at the exact same time and actually work together. Um, one thing I've noticed about you is you always find a way – to speak to the new people, yeah, always. That's that, that's 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 one thing that'll always stick out in my mind about you. I, I see it, and and you probably think nobody sees that, but I do. Like I watch you after church, and you immediately go to the new people. You know, the new people was in whether it was in Sunday school or you know morning service or night service, but you always reach out to that person and say, "Hey, where are you from? You know, we're you know you know we're glad you're here." And that's. That's that's something that's helped me do that because it's it, it was it was it was weird for me to do it, but to see you do it, it's like wow, you know, he does it every single time. Well, two things: it's it is weird for me to do it too, <laughs> um, and it's just awkward to talk to new people. Oh, it, it absolutely. Is. Um, it's easier for me to do it as the associate pastor, um, and I'm I'm going to give Pastor Ansel a pass with this. It's going to sound <laughs> funny. Um, typically, the days that I'm preaching, I don't do it because I've got so much going on in my mind and my heart. I'm ready to, and we often overlook that. Um, But the one thing I try to keep in mind, honestly, is that could be me. And at times that was me. And it's just kind of a, more than the pastor, it's just a person in the church that says, hey, I haven't seen you. Um, Man, that's that's the Christian thing to do. It's not the pastor thing to do. That's, um, you know, it's, we, we want to welcome you to our church. Um, we want you to come back. We want you to know that we've, and you know this, it's, we've prayed for you guys to be here, not by name, but we pray for new people to come in all the time. And if they're here and we don't speak to them, <laughs> yeah. it, we're not yeah. really, we're not really doing the second part of the job. We, we pray about it and then here they come and we leave them alone. It's, it just doesn't work out, but no, it's, that's, it's definitely a different role. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I see the, 
I'm able to do it. I, I'm able to reach out to people because I'm, I'm not preaching that particular day. Um, so that's, that is part of the job too. Um, but that the big, the big difference in the two, and this is, you said something and I, I just want to touch on it. And it's a, it was a great statement. Um, Ansel and I have very different roles. Absolutely. And, and I've seen, I, honestly, I've never seen it until you said that this is going to say, obviously I know we have different roles. We'll be doing totally different tasks to achieve the same goal. And I wish, I wish more people saw that, um, not the work, not, Hey, it's us that God has taken two people and now three people to do three different things to achieve this same goal. And it's just, it's truly a God thing. There's no, there's no way that two normal human beings can do that on their own. So, um, actually, actually come by, it was last week and, uh, I walked in and I actually walked by your office said, you know, said, Hey, you know, just like I always do, but I was quiet, you know, Normally I stop in and say, say, Hey, but sure. I wanted to just walk through cause I, I was, I was actually getting something out of the, out of, out of the sanctuary, but I looked at you, you were like blindly focused on whatever you were doing. <laughs> and I walked by Ansel and Ansel's literally on the phone with somebody. And I, I just caught the edge of the conversation and he was talking about, you know, the heart of strong tower is this, this, like he was, you know, mm-hmm. in full pasture mode. Sure. And then I walked by Jody and he's, you know, in his first couple of days, you know, oh, yeah. in his new, in his new office. And he never even looked up like going to town on, you know, his work. And I was like, man, it's so awesome to have three guys with three separate, complete separate backgrounds. I mean, mm-hmm. complete opposite of each other. Y'all work together so good, and to like walk, just walk through the building and see that. I was like, you know, this this is what this is what God wants. I mean, these guys are going to do something big, and just like Ansel said last time, like I can feel it in our people. Like it's like it's running from you all down to that down to the people of Strong Tower, and people are are driven. People are ready to get to work, and there's a lot I feel about to happen. Yeah, looking looking at that, I mean, I think it it I keep using this term. It's a God thing. Um, and it, it has trickled down from Pastor Ansel to myself, to, to Pastor Jody, to the people. But we all have that. We all have that belief that, man, something is getting ready to happen. We don't, and nobody knows what it is. No. Um, it's exciting. Absolutely. And that's, a, that's an exciting place to be is we believe God's getting ready to, to do something in our church and we're growing and, you know, we're seeing new faces every week in the middle of a time when we shouldn't be seeing new faces. And <laughs> yeah. That's just the testament of God in the church and how he's, how he's working this together. Um, but I, I'm excited. Like that's, that's the one thing that if there's nothing else that can be said about strong tower at this time is everybody's excited. Yeah. Everybody. We're, we're just, we're waiting to see what it is and I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I had a, I had a text, uh, let's see, of Saturday night from Tim Hobbs, our, one of our college and career teachers, He's like, hey, man, are you all using the pavilion? I was like, no, actually, we're going to be in the sanctuary today. And he's like, okay, good. And I was like, why, man, what's up? And he's like, oh, he's a dude, our classes, we can't fit in our room anymore. Like, we're going to have to go out to the pavilion. And I'll just text back, awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard because, you know, we're literally running out of room. But at the same time, to like, I walked to the door right before I taught my lesson. It's like to see this pavilion full of college kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, like. It felt like it happened overnight. It, it was yeah, like, that's that's a, a testament of it. That class has just blown up. Oh yeah, um, our class, has, uh, yeah. as we know, has blo- it's blown up. 
Um, and you're seeing it in other classes. They're starting to grow and grow and grow. And while it is a problem, what a problem to have. Exactly. Uh, like that's, that goes through our statement. We've got to find more chairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's what God's doing is, is just expanding this church. Um, well, and, and it, it's good too, because I also see like a lot of times that that, that, that happens, like people get discouraged, like teachers actually back off, you know, because, Hey, we're, you know, we don't have this, we don't have this complete opposite of our church. Like our teachers are head first. Let's go like bring them in. We'll, we'll, we'll fit them somewhere. We'll cram them somewhere. Like our teachers are ready. Right. Our people are ready. And it's so amazing to watch. Like I said, I looked out the door and I see all these college kids excited, you know, like walking up, you know, hugging each other, excited about being here and sitting down and listening. It's like, wow. Like probably, I don't even know, probably six months ago, they were, I don't even know, probably five or six that was here on a regular on basis. On a regular basis, yeah. Now they have to go out to the pavilion. I mean, it's just amazing to me. And it was the same thing tonight. Oh, during, yeah. During our Wednesday night service, yeah. I, I look over, I was there this morning, and there's 34 chairs set up, and I didn't count them, but it looked full. Exactly. So I, and that's, that's, I say the word crazy um, because it's so unusual for us. Like we, we, we remember 10 years ago when there wasn't a college ministry. We didn't have any college kids. No. Um, I remember the first ones and to see it now. And it's like our teen class. Oh, absolutely. I remember when we didn't have a group and now to see them. And oh, and J- James and Connie and them have done such an awesome job oh with my it. Gosh. And Dwayne and Tanya. I can't, I can't think of a, I can't think of a bad teacher. I can't think of a bad experience oh, no. from any class. No. I don't, not teacher, but just you look at, from the youngest one, from the toddler class. Yeah, they've that, all just grown. They're growing. Yeah. It's, it's, oh. um, which may be why we're growing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I wanted to have you here to, you know, talk about what we have talked about, like your, like your experience coming up into Strong Tower. Now I kind of want to talk about, like, what has been your greatest joy? And I ask, and I ask Ansel this question, and I wanted to ask you the same question. But what's been your greatest joy to see at STBC as the associate pastor? Uh, the short answer is growth, but I don't mean numerically. Um, to see from even from the young kids all all the way to the the oldest people we have. Um, to see spiritual growth, it, it does something, you know, I don't know, to see them, uh, an average Christian start reading their Bible and to see them grow spiritually into a, into somebody that's answering questions a year later for the next guy coming up um, and to see them transition that to raising their kids to do the same thing. Um, it's, it's really, really, it's, it's cool to see as a, as a pastor, as a teacher that, hey, I'm teaching something. And I look, and the people are actually listening, and then they start applying it. Um, and, and in that, there's a lot that goes with it. Um, you see the, in, you see teaching the gospel, sharing the gospel. Um, you see, it, it's just growth in general. That's one of the the most fulfilling parts for me is not just on a personal level, on on the grand scale of the entire church. There's so many people that if a new a newcomer off the street said, "Hey," I'm, I want to be saved. There's, I mean, hundreds of people now I could say, just talk to him. And that's a really, really cool thing to see. Um, the other side of that that is very fulfilling is the growth. 
numerically. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in recent months, we've had a lot of visitors um, that have come in, but a lot of our growth is from within. Mm-hmm. People are saved and they stay. People come in and they they're saved and they stay. Um, but it, it's the two growths, but they go they go hand in hand. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it truly to me the most fulfilling part of it is to see that and in that growth. Um, our members love Jesus. I, I know for for no other way to describe it, they they love His Word, they love His Gospel, and they love telling other people about it. And it's just that's all a testament to to Christian growth. So for me, that's probably the most fulfilling thing to see. Um, and in that, there's always room for more. We can always grow more. And so that's, that's kind of the next push is keep, keep growing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And you talked about, you know, you and your wife have been involved with the, with the children's ministry and stuff. And your wife is awesome when it comes to kids. Oh gosh. My little girl love going in there with, with, you know, with you and her, you know, when when you were helping teach and I guess you still do, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's amazing to see, watch the kids like me and Ansel was talking for 10 years. We've watched them go through and just like your own son. I mean, now he plays in, in the worship band with us. Right. And it was funny cause he was up there one Sunday and at one Sunday morning, I was like, how old are you Deacon? And he told me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like you were, you were, you were tiny when we started this thing. Yeah. And it's like, now he's, I mean, he's pretty much, you know, he's what now? He's 14. 14. Wow. But <laughs> he was two. Or, well, he would have been four when he came. But it's, it's, it's so cool to see those kids that were in your class. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, preaching and teaching and they're, you know, playing in worship. And, you know, and me and Ansel was talking about it. You see them going into these roles. Right. You see, like, we couldn't see it then. But now that they're older, we, like, we see them, okay, like, they could – be a trustee. They could be sure, sure. a Sunday school teacher, like you know, and they're getting to that age to where they're getting old enough to do that, and it's like wow. And then you start seeing all this stuff coming together. And I'm I'm the exact same way. There's no, I mean, if you, I didn't think Deacon was ever going to be playing guitar beside me. No, you know, but it's just, but it's, but it's such a blessing to walk in every Sunday morning, and there's Deacon on the stage at 14 years old. I mean, there's not many 14 year old kids that would give up their Sunday morning to get up. You know, sometimes we're here at eight o'clock in the morning, right? Right. And he's here, ready to play, and to see the leadership you've instilled in him, and not not only him, you and Alicia have done with all the kids. Like they've all came through your all's class, and you know, and came up. It's just been great to watch that and to see Strong Tower, like you talked about growth, to watch it grow from within, from our own kids. Yeah, that's that to me is vital, and, oh, and not just for Strong Tower. Like that is the next generation those kids are going to be pastors of your daughter, uh, and teachers in the future. Um, hopefully here, I, I know that obviously we want them to go out, but oh, yeah. it's like you just said it, we're seeing some of them now preach. We're seeing some of them now teach and, and step into different roles. Um, and it truly is a testament of what our church teaches. It's, it's the gospel that does it. Um, and, and, and it's instilled in them at a young age. It It's, that's, one of the best things to see is while we all know the gospel in the church, um, and I know we all believe it, it's, it's saved our, a lot of people in our church. Um, we don't see the whole life transformation all the time. Oh, yeah. And 
like Deacon was a good example. You know, he was four when he came here. Um, you know, my daughter was born while we were here. <laughs> and it's it's crazy to think about that side of it, that in the next 10 years, you know, we're on our 10-year homecoming coming up. Yep. And the next 10 years, they're both going to be adults. And it's another generation. And see those, and it's not just my kids. There's a lot of kids now that will probably be teaching those kids in children's church. Um, but that's vital. The, oh, the next generation, especially as we see the world today, is vital to train them into soul winners, into teachers, into people that can reach the following generation. That's, and I think we're doing that. Um, with everything in me, I believe we're doing that, obviously. Um, and it's, it's, I'm not as hands-on as I used to be, as I've moved into the associate pastor role, not in children's church like I was, but we still see kids saved. We still see kids leading other kids to, to be saved. Yeah. Um, and that, if anything, that gives me hope. Oh, that, that's, that's some of the greatest stories. We, we've had two or three that actually stand up in front of the church and talk about talking to their kids on, talking to their friends on the school bus and actually leading them to the ward. And it's like, that gives you the, okay, we're, we're doing something right. You know, right. we, we have to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, to see kids that would actually stand up in front of church and say, I talked to my friend on the school bus and they got saved. And it's like, wow, like, I wish I was that when I was their age. Sure, sure. Like, it's like, that's, that's so amazing to see that happen. I mean, kids that are eight, nine, 10 years old, like, bringing their friends into church and getting saved and then their families coming right and getting saved after that and it's like wow was like this is this is what it's all about and the other day when i was teaching the adult sunday school class i was waiting in the hallway and like to see all these kids come down the stairs and like it it just blesses me to see all the different ages all the different kids and it's like we're in good hands we're in really good hands if we keep going doing what we're doing and our teachers keep doing what they're doing, which I have no doubt. I have oh, no doubt absolutely. about it. Absolutely. But just seeing this, like, we're in really good hands. And it's such a blessing, but at the same time, I think about how sad it is. So a lot of churches don't have that. Right. And they and they, and they they pray for it, and they, you know, and they want it. And, you know, a lot of them end up by the wayside. So it's that's how vital it is to keep that momentum and to keep it keep up. Keep it going. Because eventually it'll just die out if you don't have those people. Right. See, that's that's the big thing that, and I know we're gonna we're gonna focus on it as a church. Uh, we've already started focusing on it as a church. Is getting the high school kid, the high school age, and the college age more involved, and they're involved. But no, yeah. let's get them more involved um, because what you just said. Um, a lot of churches don't have it, and obviously we know how church works. Not all of our kids are gonna stay here, hmm. but if they get it ingrained in them hey, this gospel changed me, and I've seen it change my friends. In the future, man, maybe they're in a different church, but guess what? They can teach there, and they can do the same thing in a different church. And when I say we're raising the next generation, I don't just mean for Strong Tower. We're raising the next generation of Christians up. Absolutely. And the hope of the gospel now is going to be in them. Um, it shouldn't die with us as we get old, but it, seems, yeah. it does seem to. Um, so like you said, I think that our church is in good hands, as long as we do what we're commanded to do. And, you know, as, as we've seen so far for the first 10 years, we've done it. And we've seen extreme growth, again, not numerically. We've seen great numbers numerically, oh, yeah. but our growth we're seeing is truly spiritual 
Um, no, it, it, like if you'd have told me 10 years ago when we started this, I would be sitting here not only teaching Sunday school, worship, and doing and trying to do a podcast, I would have told you you have lost your mind. You should like, be in my chair. And somebody, <laughs> oh, exactly. Somebody telling me I'm going to be the associate pastor of that <laughs> church in that meeting. It would have never happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have, it would have been a, we would have all laughed. But God's will is amazing. You know? Oh, gosh. I, I still, I look back through through just my life and I, I look at just instances in my life where I'm going, this probably should have happened. But then I look now and going, man, that could have ruined my ministry 20 years later, now, looking at it from now to then. And so, yeah, it's just amazing what God's, how he's got it all in control. Like, um, I would have never dreamed I'd be sitting here doing a podcast talking about reaching the next generation of kids in a church um, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. And then 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, man, we've got four or five kids. And now we're looking at boatloads and we're talking oh, yeah. about the ones that have grown and gone on. And yeah. it's, um, no, it's exciting. It's a, it's an exciting time at Strong Tower for sure. And that's what me and Answer were talking about. Ten years goes by so fast. Like, oh, my goodness. Just boom, it's gone. And then you look, like I said, Deacon's standing on the stage beside me at the same height. Oh, I know. And it's like, um, you know, he's there and ready to play. And it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, these other kids are going to be just like that. You know, I'm going to be 44 instead of 34. Right. And then my kid's going to be where Deacon's at. Right. Before you know it. Yeah, and that's, yeah, instantly. And it's like that's how important it is to keep – Doing what we're doing, keep on, keep on, and I know people get tired. It, oh gosh, uh, it's it is tiring to sure, keep. Sure. And I, I don't teach kids. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I mean, if sure, I mean, sure. If, I mean, if God really wanted me to, you know, I would. You know, I there, would try. there's a definite calling to it. <laughs> yeah, I do believe that yeah. truly. Oh, and Alicia, you, Barbara, <laughs> uh, honestly, been, all of our kids, all of the workers. Oh, I mean, it, from the the Sunday school, uh, all know, of Miss Amanda, and yeah, Miss Kemp, they all amazing. They all have just. Ah, they've done outdone themselves again, and I know all of those ladies, all of the guys we talked, myself, Pastor Ansel. We don't want credit; it's not us. No, like it's no. it's truly a God thing that any of us are doing what we're doing, and the results are all His. Like it's just it's just when we look at it all together, it's amazing. Like it's it just baffles me still um, that, and I, like you said, it, and it, you keep referring to Deacon, and it just it's crazy to see the growth in his life. Oh, absolutely. The, the guitar part, it just, it, it amazes me. And, you know, he, strangely, he looks up to you. You don't even realize <laughs> it. I, and I'm going, man, you know, just seeing him play and he loves it. Like oh, what, absolutely. what, and I know this could be a testimony of your own to see him play in Christian music at 14 years old. Oh yes. Like uh, that's, like- <laughs> I look at him and I I, I see I, like I wish my wife would have been that at fourteen. That was not where I was at at fourteen. I was completely on the wrong side of it, and I, and I don't regret that in the sense of that that's my story. It's your and, testimony, yeah. And yeah, and, you know I'm glad God gave it to me, but I think man, if I could have just been that, like how much farther along would I be now? You know that's that's time. Sure, you know, sure. It's time lost, and to, like you said, to see a fourteen year old kid. Play for the Lord and love it. Right, love right. every second of it. And that's and just like we were talking about Carter and Bailey last time, helping them work on the church. Yeah, it wasn't something that they didn't want to do. They loved it. They loved it. And that's right. That's what I've always loved about Strong Towers. We've all our kids not only want to go to church, they love 
to go to church. When these kids come in the parking lot, like smiles running into the church, oh, yeah. like ready oh, to yeah. go. Where's Where's Miss Kim? Where's Where's Miss Amanda? You know, like sure, ready. Sure. You know, and it's amazing to see our leadership of our pastors and our teachers and our deacons and everybody makes up strong tower they all work towards that goal no matter what it is Every, nobody's ever stepping on anybody's feet we're right. all pushing in the same direction and it's been awesome awesome to watch that i think that's a, a to me that is one of the bigger reasons obviously it's god's church we all, we both agree we all know that strong tower is god's church um and in a time when churches are really closing doors I, I look back at our people from 10 years ago that, you know, we talked about it briefly earlier about tearing, tearing down chairs and setting up curtains. And we had to go through so much just to have church during normal times mm-hmm. that now it's, it's really not a big deal for us to have church yeah. or go to two services when we had to and things of that nature. It wasn't, it wasn't a strain. Mm. It was, it was new for some people that weren't there from the beginning, but, when I, I, we look at the work ethic behind the people of our church, and I think that speaks volumes. Um, it speaks volumes about their spiritual life. Um, you know, we can all be honest, getting up on Sunday morning a lot of times isn't fun. It's, yeah. the, it's the weekend. We're all tired. <laughs> but to see them come in week after week and labor, um, even now in the new building, it's a different kind of labor, but it's still they're here week after week. There, yeah. there are people cleaning the church that nobody gets to see. Um, we do as the pastors. Those are the those are the unsung heroes, you know. The right, that, right. You know, especially especially now. Oh yeah, like in, in, with what's going on with our pandemic state and things of that nature. Um, I get to see them. I know who they are, and I yeah. see them come in weekly cleaning the church. And it's it's just the work at the of the church, and, and it's it went all the way back to the fairgrounds with kids, like you mentioned, Bailey and Carter, all helping to work. Um, <laughs> The, the coolest thing, and I think one of the biggest reasons, obviously, I believe God is growing our church. Um, but we've got a lot of people working in that. The, the work ethic that we had to work to set up now is going into ministry. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge part of it. Um, our people are spiritually strong, and now their backs are strong, and they're working really, really hard. And it's it's a cool, cool thing to see. Absolutely. Um I guess probably my my final thing to you, and it was also it was also kind of like my final question to Ansel, and I think it's something that every church member wants to know. But what is your plan for you as a pastor to maximize the rest of your time at STBC? Hmm. My plan. Um. I know that's kind of a loaded question. What, yeah, I, obviously my plan is going to follow Pastor Ansel for for sure and support him in his vision. Um, but in that, it's truly fulfilling the Great Commission. Um, and I know I know we he and I don't differ there. We want to raise up a church to fulfill the Great Commission, to go and make disciples, to go reach the lost, reach our community. Um, Pastor Jody is now kind of a catalyst in that as the outreach pastor. Um, but I don't, I think that's going to be my time at Stronger. That's going to be the time the rest of my life is I want to see, not only do it myself, but see people doing it and help people do it. And 
like we're, we're talking today because God's doing amazing things at Strong Tower and we're growing and growing and growing. Um, it'd be awesome in 10 years from now to see having the same conversation. We've not quit growing uh, due to people being saved. Um, so my, my, I guess the remainder of my days in ministry or in uh, life is going to be getting our people. And I believe the heart of our people is truly there already. Um, training them to do it, to no matter what you're doing, whether it's driving a truck or flipping burgers or you're, you know, you're a doctor or you're a nurse or you're this or that or the other, to truly leverage your job to fulfill the Great Commission. Do what it takes to do what Jesus said to bring people to him. So for me personally, um, and I know the vision of Strong Tower. I, I do know that the vision of our church is to reach our community first, our state, our country, and then the world. Um, it's kind of, I guess, the, to sum it up, is to make sure that it happens. Absolutely. Um, with everything in me, if it means just me, and I know it doesn't, but if it means just me, that, to make sure that it happens. And I can look around, and obviously it's not just me. We've got, a, we've got hundreds of people <laughs> on board doing it. So to me, that's it. Just let's make sure it, people are telling people about Jesus. And, man, it'll be such a better place. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like, I, like I told Ansel last week, um, I could interview y'all all night. You know, sure, it's just, sure. It's, it's, so, it's so fun to be able to talk to y'all. And we don't ever get a chance to do this. Not 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 just me. Me, me and you get a lot of chances to talk. But sure. the people never get to hear you just sit and talk about, you know, your vision for the church. You right. Know? where you came from and that was the whole point of the the podcast was to get you all where you're comfortable and where you can you know sit and talk about it sure but i'm so excited to get so many of the stories there's so many stories in our church and like i i keep going through the rolodex and i'm like man i can't wait to get them in here i can't and it just keeps getting bigger like at first i was like man who am i going to interview besides the <laughs> pastors but like and once i started talking to people i'm like man there's so many great stories like right here right ready to go like people are excited you know and I, I just cannot wait to get some people in here and next week we're going to have our outreach pastor uh jody jenkins i cannot wait for that it's going to be a very very good podcast i can't wait to get his vision and just just to be able to sit and talk to him and sure just just to be able to learn about his life you know before his newly cemented strong tower baptist time <laughs> but guys please like and please leave ratings where you can and subscribe tell your friends you know send it to other people in the church you know that you know want to listen to it but it's just been so good to be able to talk to you brandon and i want to give you I, this is something i want to do with everybody i want to give you an opportunity now to close with a thought of anything you want to talk about something you want to get out there hmm and you did put me on the spot. Was, <laughs> you told me you weren't going to. No, no. Um, I guess it would be the it would be the kind of my closing statement from before. Um, and if you if you've not heard anything from me man, tonight, um, the heart that I have for the church, the heart that Strong Tower has as a church, and I can encourage the people that listen to this. Anybody that's saved can tell somebody how to be saved. My encouragement, and you hear me say it a lot, I know in our class, do it. The worst somebody's going to say is no. But, man, go tell somebody about Jesus. Um, because as you look around in today's time and what's going on in the world, not just America, what's going on in the world, um, he's the only hope. 
like go tell somebody about that hope. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, not only it may not, that person may reject the gospel with everything in them, but it'll help you. And it'll help you do it again and again and again. So if the, I could tell anybody to do one thing, my, my final closing thought is, man, go tell somebody about Jesus. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at strongtowerbaptist.org.